We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. the unexpected i don't even know what else to say i think last week's podcast title should have been this week's podcast title welcome back food for thought another week in the books what the hell happened this weekend will priester uh it's it's an every week affair at this point um i i think the only thing that i can say is what you said expect the unexpected um, good football teams are going to lose all the time. And that's why we always, you know, I, I think we've talked about this before that while good football teams or great football teams are going to win most of their games, the talent gap isn't as big as you think it is in the NFL because everybody's a professional. Um, and so you're going to see outlier games. You're going to see upsets. You're going to see big wins. Uh, injuries can derail anybody's season. You know, that's something we say all the time. And it, coaching can derail winning winning football teams. Uh, and I think we saw some bad coaching yesterday cost some teams that probably should have won a game, lose a game, uh, which helped some other teams win. It's just so many little nuances in the NFL. And that's, that's one of the reasons why the NFL is so interesting. So, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna do a three sport comparison to make my point here. This is about the NFL, but in baseball, the best team isn't always gonna win. Like, and I'm saying that because yeah, I'm a Braves fan, but the Braves were hot all year. The Phillies get hot at the end of the year, and they get into the playoffs, and it just it doesn't materialize. Things don't come together. Houston was not as good at the beginning of their baseball season, but they get healthy, they get guys back. And they get hot, and, and things kind of come together. The Brewers get hot late. The Diamondbacks were pretty good all year, but the Dodgers get put out of the play. So in baseball, a team that starts out, you know, 1-20 could very well win a World Series. 1-20 is extreme, but it's possible. In baseball, it's very possible. But in basketball, even more so, the best teams are going to win. Like, you know – you can almost say, okay, one, these one or three teams are probably going to the championship. In football, you can say that as well. However, the injury bug can certainly screw up a football team. A coach can certainly screw up a win 
for a football team. And I feel like in 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 football, I feel like it's more prevalent than any other sport. Yeah, baseball managers will mismanage the game. In basketball, you know, maybe a coach doesn't call a timeout or calls a timeout at the wrong time. But I feel like the players dictate more of the outcome in basketball. In football, the coach and injuries can just really screw things up. And I think we've seen some, some – we saw some injuries yesterday. We saw some bad coaching performances. And uh, and in turn, you know, you, you see some teams end up losing some games that, you know, maybe they otherwise, otherwise would have won. Yeah, a lot of memories. Memories are made when you're there for the live action. Yeah. In the NFL. You need tickets? Ticketmaster's got you covered. Official marketplace of the NFL, Ticketmaster, gives you more ways to find the perfect seat. Interactive 360-degree map. Check out your seat. You don't want to be stuck behind one of those pillars. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Check out Ticketmaster.com slash NFL. That's Ticketmaster.com slash NFL. And one of the memories I'd like to delete from from yesterday uh, is the London game. But I don't. That's not even the most important outcome. Uh, there were two two really big upsets, two head upsets in the National Football League that were head and shoulders, you know, larger than any other ones. The New York Jets against the Philadelphia Eagles, huge mm-hmm. win. Shout out to the Jets fans. You guys have been through a hellish season, the fourth snap of the year or whatever it was. What a roller coaster! The defense is legit. Legit. You didn't even have your two starting corners. We talked yeah. about AJ. And I got I got a lot wrong this week. I got slaughtered in the prop game. I, I got I mean, it was just a weird week, and you just have to take those on the chin. But if if we got anything right last week, we talked about AJ Brown, and then you know, we recorded last Monday. Then as the week kind of progressed, ah, DJ reads out. Oh, Sauce Gardner's sick. Oh, he's not gonna play. And they jumped on Twitter and said he was healthy enough to play. And AJ Brown shot him a gif or whatever. And whatever. R- regardless, you, you look at the, the team box score and it looks like the Eagles outplayed the Jets, you know, yards to play, holding the Jets in yards to play. It, it sounds so generic and coach speak of me, but turnovers, turnovers and red zone scoring. And the Eagles on paper. The Eagles and the 49ers are the two most talented teams in the NFL on paper. You turn the ball over, and, and you, you know, Jalen Hurts is incredible. Incredible athlete, incredible quarterback. Uh, and you talk about the talent gap collectively, collectively, team to team, how it's not gigantic. Uh, but the quarterback position, you know, it's rare to find a really good franchise-changing quarterback. Yeah. So I think at specific positions, like, the gap, the the skill gaps are exposed more, and you know quarterback is really important. And I'm just stirring the pot here a little bit, a little bit. But at what point do we have to start, you know, thinking about Jalen Hurts' decision making? Uh, seven interceptions this season already, Chief. He's had, thrown picks in four out of six games so far, which is fine because you want to see him push the ball downfield, right, in that style of offense and, and taking some shots. I don't know. Uh, turnovers, Achilles heel for the Eagles yesterday. Big win for the Jets. And like you said, good football teams will lose. You know, Eagles is the Eagles' first blip on the radar of the season. And uh, they'll rebound and, and get it together. I have no doubts about that. Plus, they're missing Jalen Carter, too. You know, 
big big loss there um last week you know his, his void was was definitely felt yeah for sure i so so here's the thing um turnovers absolutely cost him this game and just a barrage of weird incidents right so let, let's go through because for me man believe it or not i like going through the progression of the game sometimes when i'm like what happened here and i, I was watching that game uh but so they opened it up with the scoring drive nine minutes and 47 seconds touchdown touchdown scoring drive the jets respond to that with a field goal a field goal drive, right? Okay, so they go four minutes, 52 seconds. The next ensuing possession, we get a Jalen Hurts interception. That was intended for, for, for Dallas Goddard. Then we get a turnover, turnover on downs for the Jets. Then we get another touchdown scoring drive for the Eagles. So they're leading 14 to three. The Jets come back, put together an eight play 51 drive, three minutes. They get a field goal out of it. Here we go. Eagles get the ball back. They're going to, so here's what's about to happen, Luch, if, if you watch that game. They were about to get points out of that deal. This is coming down to the end of the second quarter. The Eagles were about to get points out of this deal, right? And then a fumble occurs by 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 uh by Mr. Swift. And I was I was watching the game. A fumble occurs, the Jets get it. They turn that into, and it was about two minutes left around that point, right at the two minute warning. They turn that into a field goal. So Luch, why am I why am I saying this, right? You talked about the turnover. This was going to be a 14, I mean, a 17 to 6 game or a 21 to 6 game. They were already going to get the field goal. They, they were there pretty much, they, or they were about there with a minute 40 left. Like they were going to get in the field goal. They weren't going to punt the ball, right? Okay. Instead, they have a turnover. We end the half at 14 to 9. Now, why, why is that important, Luch? Why, why is this important? They end up losing 20 to 14. Loose. They didn't score any points in the second half. Turnovers. Now, if this thing is 17 to 9 and then 17 to 12, the Eagles are playing with a slightly different game plan, right? But it just went, it just went bonkers for them. Like no points in the second half. Two interceptions in the second. Just, I mean, just bad, just bad quarterback play in in bad spots. Because I'm not going to say he didn't play well in certain spots. Like certain spots of this game, Hurts looked like a world beater. But in the second half, to not have any points, and they did have a missed field goal in the second half. Don't get me wrong, right? They had a missed field goal, and uh, it was a 37 yarder at that. Like that. That's the kind of stuff that that loses football games. You see what I'm saying, Luke? So I'm going to say this, and I'm going to shut up and get out of the way because I've been hogging the mic here. You miss three points at the end of the – at the about the end of the first half. You miss another three points in the second half, a chip shot basically. That's six points. 
you see, and so now we're looking at a possible overtime game where they could probably pull it off, get you know, get their heads together, or a, a slightly different scenario where they have slightly different game calling because of the, the scoring situation. All of those things definitely impact the game in a big way. And so for me, when I looked at this game, they just had a barrage of miscues, and that cost them playing the Jets. Well, they held the Jets 2 of 11 on third down. I mean, you look at you look at some of those numbers, and it just comes down to the turnovers, like you said. It, that's what it comes down to. My, my, you talk about play calling and a neutral game script, but you know, big kudos to the Jets' defensive line. The Eagles have the best offensive line in football. They had less than 35 rushing yards between the running backs. So I, I I understand if there was no success on the ground, but Philly completely abandoned, you know, trying to get that run game going and Hurts threw the ball 45 plus times. That's not when Jalen Hurts is at his best. And clearly the play action wasn't as effective uh, because he didn't get the ground game going either. You know, it, it, it was one of those games, like you said. So, yeah. but, you know, taking nothing away from the Jets, uh, they took advantage of those opportunities where the Eagles shot themselves in the foot. Uh, I came away with a huge win. So I don't doubt the Eagles will, will get it together. Uh, but, you know, you look at, look at some of these numbers now and you scratch your head and you know, we're going into week seven and Jalen Hurts has a pick for every week going into week seven. So <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but of course, you know, we know how scary this offense is when it gets going. Uh, in the beginning, it was AJ Brown was quiet. You know, he flipped out. Now he's getting a ton of targets. Now Devonte Smith uh, has kind of been MIA for, for a while. Um, but you know, when well, that, that's, that's, that's the AJ Brown effect. Like, and to me, God, I feel like I'm I'm being so interruptive here. I'm so sorry. No. But like the coaches got to figure out how to get both of these guys involved so that they could actually be a threatening offense. Do, do you get what I'm saying? Like if if the if teams know that both of these guys are going to burn us every game, then you're going to have more holes. Like I feel like AJ Brown has complained and now they're just kind of forcing him the ball. Guess what, Luch? He should be getting 10 targets a game. But Devontae Smith should be getting probably also 10 targets a game or somewhere close. Now, look, Devontae Smith had a some timely drops yesterday, Luke. So, look, still, like, once again, they had a barrage of miscues. He dropped some balls he should have caught yesterday. A bunch of things happened, right, in that game for them to lose it. Like, they lost the game. The Jets didn't win the game. And, and I'm not saying the Jets should not have won. Don't get me wrong. Their defense has been fine. Um, you know, that's why Jalen Hurts probably played so bad. Like I saw some clips where they had these simulated pressures on him and he's feeling like the, the pockets caving in and collapsing. He's letting it go. He's getting out. like, you know, he, he didn't have a, a huge rushing performance yesterday. Like the Jets did their job, but Philly also lost this game with so many miscues. I'd like to see schematically i'd like to see some more jet sweep motion threats even if it's in the wrinkles there with aj brown um and Devonte smith but you know aj brown is so good with the football in his hands and we see more of this 
you know, jet sweep receiver, pre snap receiver in motion, you know, even if it's kind of a, a little bit of another play action look. Uh, but I think that wrinkle can be really effective if they start incorporating something like that. And AJ Brown, you know, doesn't have a carry, didn't have a carry last year either, I don't think. But he's so good in space um, that it, you have to at least honor that. You know, you, suddenly you, you put that on tape, you give him one or two. Like maybe he gets one carry a week and then it's on tape. And then the mm-hmm. defense has to be ready for that. Uh, and that one carry could be a home run. So yeah, I, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm kind of like would hope Philly thinks about using him just another way to get him the ball in space. That way, if he doesn't get those 10 targets, he's still involved and he shuts up, but not only that he's electric when he has the ball in space. So that would be really cool to see a, a new little dynamic there in that offense. But uh, I guess like, I guess I could only hope. So yeah, big win for the Jets. Gotta love it. Anything else on that one? No. So how about the 49ers? Listen, I'm, I'm actually probably more shocked that the Jets lost than the 49ers lost. Let me let me tell you why. So, and this is not a knock on the 49ers as a team. Their team is fine. Like, but Debo Samuel goes out. And this is by far probably the toughest game they've had to play in. Like, it's not like they were in San Francisco and lost. They were in, they were in Cleveland in slightly bad conditions, right? Wet ball. Like, we, you know, I think everybody's probably seen the highlight now where you've got Brock Purdy just trying to throw the ball and it slips out of his hands. He fell on it. Like, they didn't lose, they didn't lose the, the ball at that point. But I think that speaks to the reality of the weather conditions in that game. And then Christian McCaffrey gets hurt. Debo Samuel gets hurt in the first half. And then lo and behold, the Browns are sitting back there saying, wait a minute, they don't have all of these, they don't have two of their bigger weapons. And they were just able to kind of tee off here and, and make Brock Purdy a little bit uncomfortable. Look, Brock Purdy doesn't even get, get them in the field goal range without a pass interference call late in that game. They could have easily been done. So my point is, I, I don't want to read too much into the 40, um, the 49ers loss. I'm less shocked. Game conditions, losing two of your best players, you know, in the middle of the game. Once again, injuries, you know, and they lost because they missed a field goal at the end. Like they very well could have won this game 20 to 19. Moody goes up there, shanks a what 30-something yard or 40 yard or whatever. Same thing for Jake Elliott. Like, once again, points matter. And this is why I say that take the points whenever you can get them. You don't know if you're gonna have that opportunity again. So, Luch, for me. I'm, I'm more shocked uh, that Philly lost because I felt like they were a much better team. You know how I feel about the Browns. I actually think the Browns are a good football team, and their defense showed up yesterday. Conditions, players hurt, recipe for a disaster for the 49ers. Once again, 49ers still should have won. Not overlooking that. A missed field goal cost them, but Browns you know, come out triumphant. 25 penalties in that game, too. Just a slop fest of a football yeah. game. Yeah. And right now, I, from what I'm reading Monday here, a lot of uncertainty about McCaffrey's situation. Really nothing yet. We don't know yet. A lot of injuries on Sunday and a lot of uh, injuries that we don't know the timetables of or the significance of just yet. But, you know, th- those definitely were some big ones. It looks like an oblique for McCaffrey. So uh, we'll see. Interesting uh, stuff there, but hell of a win. P.J. Walker, yeah. 
you know, what can you say? You know, got put, thrown in that situation, got a huge win. The Browns were nine point, uh, nine and a half point dogs. So just massive win, massive win. Yeah. You know, whenever Deshaun Watson decides to play football again, <laughs> we'll see what kind of shape the Browns are in. But big ups to that defense regardless. Yeah. Yet the, the injuries are a huge elephant in the room. I, yeah, I guess for sure. I'll just break up our little game-by-game recap with, well, Justin Fields has a thumb issue. And they lost 19-13. to Now, Fields didn't look good yesterday. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I For some reason, I, I don't know what was going on. It just – it looked bad. They, they were just a bad offense. DJ Moore wasn't getting the ball. I don't know what that was. But they still only lost 19-13. to I got to think some way, somehow – He's in the game late. They find ways to make plays. Uh, but but once again, the Bears have been a bad football team most of the year outside of two really explosive weeks. Um, Vikings got the monkey off their back yesterday without one of their weapons in Justice Jefferson, who's also hurt. He's on the IR. So, look, injuries, man, can just slow you down big time. Yeah, and we – got more updates on Anthony Richardson. It looks like they're considering season ending surgery. Uh, that's terrible for yeah. just the organization and him progressing. And let's go back to the, the, the London game. You know, Tannehill goes out of the game, more injuries there. Now, once again, he wasn't playing fantastic, but I mean, just injuries, they can just really screw the pooch. That, that that's an interesting situation. Cause you're two and four, you got the bye week coming up. Um, First four offensive possessions in that game for a red zone or, or excuse me, uh, red zone trips all ended up in field goals, both sides. Tennessee and Baltimore have historically good red zone defense right now. It's about 20% less of a, a touchdown skew than the uh, best red zone defense last season was the Rams, surprisingly, uh, in terms of t- giving up touchdowns. So I thought we'd see some regression. Neither team could punch it in early. Uh, and I mean, I hooked on that 40 and a half total there. That, that, yeah. that was that was pretty brutal. But it's okay. But the you know, the problem is here that division is you know, the Jaguars are, are separating with a huge win. You're two and four. The back half of the Tennessee schedule is winnable. They have some games that should be competitive. Um you know, they have, you know, Carolina's, no offense, Carolina's winnable. Who knows who's going to win that game? Carolina's on the schedule. He's still have a bunch of divisional games. Um, Atlanta after the bye. I, I'm not saying that it's, you know, uh, Tannehill should play uh, because I don't think that is the logical answer right now. It's his contract year. Maybe they move him if he's healthy. That's the other thing. Contract year. That that it was kind of a, a bad scenario there in terms of well if Tennessee's gonna sell, who knows how bad that ankle or that foot is. And he's coming yeah. off an injury last season. And I, I don't think he was uh, completely right. We know what Tannehill is. Good game manager, needs the play action, good when he has a clean pocket. Father time has caught up. He cannot extend a play at all. He's a statue. I don't know, you know, that mobility we saw two, three, four years ago, completely gone. You know, he can't even wiggle around in there anymore. And right. it's 2023, and we talked about this. You need a quarterback with at least a little wiggle back there to go off script. And he yeah. brings none of that. And he, he he was great. When he 
to go over for Mariota. Um, and maybe I'm getting some of those vibes. I don't know. Malik Willis came in and as good of a preseason as he had, and he definitely improved. And, and Tennessee knew, the NFL knew, that he was a project quarterback, and he's shown a little bit of improvement. But the wow. biggest issue with Malik Willis still, Chief, is he will not cut loose. He doesn't trust what he sees, and he doesn't he doesn't rip the football. Will Will Levis? I mean, he for whatever reason, I, you know, maybe he outplayed Will Levis, and Levis was a little dinged up in camp. But Malik was, you know, he won that second quarterback job. My thing is, okay, not looking good, great for Tennessee. Probably not going to be the worst team in the league. You're not going to be in the Caleb uh, Williams sweepstakes. But, you know, you might have like, I don't know, eight, nine, ten pick. Who knows at this point? They got two weeks to prepare. Personally, I would love to see what they have out of Will Levis. I think the entire world wants to see what Will Levis can bring to the NFL after the whole draft, you know, all the steam. Well, maybe he goes two overall or three overall. He slips to the second round. And, you know, Will Levis, he's kind of a mystery. He's got that size. He has a a quick release. He's got the cannon. His decision-making, I don't know. Is he going to be able to read defenses? I don't know. But he certainly brings that you know, dynamic uh, in the pocket, mobility-wise, that Daniel just doesn't have anymore. But what I would like to see, I, I, I think you have to you have to get Will Levis in there. The Titans know where Malik Willis is at. They've seen a good, great deal of him. You know, if you're playing NFL preseason DFS, uh, he was playing like every snap of every game pretty much. Yeah, uh, they know what they have where, at this point. So if you want to kind of start seeing, what, you know, you got to see what you have in Will Levis. Otherwise, it's just kind of wasted time. What, what are your thoughts on this situation here? Well, this is why if I'm in the NFL, I don't want to be a quarterback. And, and I'm, I'm going to explain this in the best way that I can. If you don't go to a bad team, you're almost never going to get a fair shake at quarterback. Almost never, right? You're going to kind of be relegated to this backup role unless you're the Packers where they draft for the future on purpose for you to start later, right? If you're a quarterback in the NFL like Malik Willis, like we can say Malik Willis got a fair shake, but he didn't really get a fair shake because he's never he's never going to have an actual chance to start a full season with the organization backing him. We can talk about Trey Lance. Trey Lance is never – yeah, he got hurt, but Jimmy G's – like, you, you get what I'm saying? It's like yeah. most quarterbacks are never going to have a real shot at being the guy when you don't go to the Browns or the Texans or the Bad Panthers now. or, or, or You know what I'm saying? Like every team has to be really bad for the quarterback to step in. And then – Timing, determine, timing, timing. Right. Like Justin Herbert. He comes in like him and two of those guys. They go to bad teams. Think about this. So for Justin Herbert and two to go to Miami and the Chargers, they have to be bad. Not only not only that, Chief, but those guys that you mentioned, they were drafted to be the guy. And what's fascinating about these two Titans quarterbacks, the massive slide with Malik Willis, the massive slide with Will Levis, the Titans weren't bad enough. The Titans were have been a good football team the past five six years. Hell, they made it to an AFC. Uh, championship game against Kansas City, you know, and we're the one seed and choke to the Bengals. We know that story. Yeah. This has been a pretty successful team, but it's with both quarterbacks, 
Did they're, the Titans go out of their way to draft their guy? They both kind of fell into the ten- in Tennessee's lap. Yes, they moved up a couple of picks to get each one of them. But just kind of the way it worked out, timing and everyone else's decisions, at that point they said, hell, we'll, we'll see. We'll take Will Levis in the second round. But now they have to play their cards right. And we're at the point now, Chief, I think, to kind of back your point, if they go with Will Levis, they can't go back to Malik Willis. They can't be like, you know what? We'll, we'll go back to Malik Willis, right? They just can't do that. Also, you can't go back to Ryan Tannehill if he's healthy either and you make the change. Right. And and that, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, we, we look at these teams and it's like, well, so, so Matt Jones kind of got drafted to be the guy, right? He's on a bad football team and he's looking like he's kind of out of dodge here. Like it, it's, Quarterbacks aren't as slam dunk as we think. I, I think that's the point I'm trying to make here. And but the only way you get that fair shot is you got to be considered like in the top ten coming out of college. That's the only way you get a real fair shot. That's why Caleb Williams is going to get a fair shot. They're, they're viewing him as a top guy. Drake may maybe right like. And I'm not saying these quarterbacks can't be really good quarterbacks. What I'm saying is, who are going to be the teams at the end that are drafting? The Bears, the Patriots. Um, you know, the Colts aren't going to draft a quarterback again. They, they've got Richardson, so I don't, I don't see them doing it. The Panthers aren't going to do it. They just picked up Bryce Young, so they're going to miss out. The Broncos are probably going to be down here at the bottom. You know, I think the Broncos are a candidate to draft a quarterback. Like, you know, I mean, the Broncos might sell after Thursday's game, and maybe Tennessee starts selling. Derrick Henry, yeah. love him, legend, Hall of Famer, contracts up. Tajay Spears looking pretty damn good. It would break my heart to not see Derrick Henry finish the season, but from a business perspective, I mean, there's had to be some conversations. I mean, we've heard rumors before the season even started, but yeah. you mentioned the margin for error. The Titans are two and four. And we're saying the world is falling. And regardless, like there's a new quarterback that's going to likely start regardless due to injury. But you look at week one with Tennessee and the Saints, the controversial non-fumble call, right? Didn't go Tennessee's way. Um, you know, and then that this Titans team would be three and hypothetically could be three and three. And you're probably not having that conversation yet at three and three. But boy, two and four, major difference there. Uh, especially with the way things are going, especially with Tannehill and Henry's contracts both being up. It's it's a very unique situation. This team has, I think, the fifth or sixth-ish most cap space uh, into next year. It might be, um, honestly, it might might be time to start selling uh, after after that loss. And, yeah, I, I guess I guess I was wrong, but, you know, a couple of different breaks and it's a 500 team, but... We uh we will see what happens, man. But it, you're right. Timing is everything. A lot of quarterbacks don't get don't get a fair shake. I mean, spe- speaking of, and we're like, I don't think we need to spend a ton of time on this game. But Tyrod Taylor never got a fair shake. Like, what what a journey that guy's been on, and he yeah. battles his tail off. And you know the the Bills and Giants kind of go down to the wire in a really ugly football game, man. Yeah, and the Giants could also be in the quarterback market in this draft. I know they just paid Daniel Jones some money, but I mean, you got a chance to get one of these other top quarterbacks. Like, I don't think I don't think we feel like Daniel Jones is a franchise changing quarterback. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's not anything against Daniel Jones. I just think, 
you know, like what 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 are we expecting here? You know, uh, the Cardinals are probably going to be in the running for another quarterback. And and you know, hey, we we talked about the dark horse. We talked about New England, and guess who added another loss to that column? Right, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like you know, and yeah. and the Cardinals still have a young quarterback on their team. Like we're just we're just two seasons removed from this team looking like they were turning a corner. You you know what I'm saying? Like Kyler Murray is still, I think, a reasonably good quarterback. He's just small, but he's shifty. He's got arm talent. You know, could, he could end up going somewhere else. And now one of these top-tier teams don't need a quarterback. So I'm just saying, bottom line is, if I if I was a football player, I wouldn't want to be the quarterback. They're not going to get ever get their fair shake. Wide receivers are going to get their fair shake somewhat. Running backs are going to get their fair shake somewhat. Like, they might be in a split. It may be a committee. You know, you come in like Rasheed Rice, he comes into Kansas City. Maybe he's wide receiver two or three on the depth chart now. But he gets on the field, he produces, he gets a chance to prove himself. All of a sudden, next season he comes in, he's wide receiver two. Maybe the next year he's wide receiver one, whatever. But quarterbacks, because there's only one one quarterback on the field at a time, they're never going to get a fair shake unless they're the guy coming in. Turnovers killed a lot of teams. That that sounds so generic. One one, one more other injury here. Jimmy G. Jimmy Jimmy G. G David Moss for the Raiders. David yeah, Montgomery. David Montgomery. I mean, it's that's what I'm saying. Now, and the Lions still pulled off a win. Um, but injuries, man, they can really hamper your season. All right. I'm Hats off to Jared Goff. I mean, you want to stick there. I mean, they got Tampa Bay off a bye, I believe. It, I believe Tampa's coming off a bye. Uh, so mm-hmm. for Detroit to go on the road and uh, stick it to them, and Jared Goff, huge game. Right, Montgomery goes down. What's football guy uh, Campbell, Dan Campbell, going to do when he can't feed David Montgomery 30 times? Well, Jared Goff goes over there and slings it. Yeah, and that was on the road. That was on the road. Right. Because because remember, what was the knock on Jared Goff? Can't play on the road. Can only play at home in the dome. Well, he got it done. Big win. Big win for Detroit. And another one, uh, Jacksonville. Statement, 37 points. Turnovers absolutely killed Indianapolis. And, and Trevor Lawrence didn't have to do too much in this game. Like the running game got going, the defense was did well. Like so, and and Lawrence also a little nicked up coming out of that game. Yeah, yeah, thirty-seven points. Uh, I missed on Calvin Ridley props. You know, uh, well, well Lawrence, Lawrence only threw for one eighty-one. That's what I'm saying. Know, he only look, threw the ball thirty times. Some of my misses. Some of my misses were. Uh, kind of similar. Uh, Jordan Addison, Kirk Cousins threw for a buck eighty. Uh, I know right. there are some sustained wins there, but you know, it didn't really scare me. Uh, but I, I lost that one too. Jamar Chase killed me. Thirteen targets, only eighty yards. I mean, ugh, just one of those weeks uh, between you know, Ridley having that salivating cornerback matchup with the Colts. So uh, I, I got crushed this week. I, I'll, I'll go back and like, what's the opposite of a victory lap? <laughs> A tune-up. I took a pit stop. Yeah, I mean, I, I and I was ahead of of a lot of line movement too, like yard, multiple yards. Got you know early in the week. You bet props early in the week because the market moves so fast. And I got killed. I got absolutely killed. But regardless, I mean, turnovers. Gardner Minshew. We just had that backup quarterback discussion, and I saw uh, someone in the YouTube comments said, "Hey, don't forget about Cooper Rush." 
Like, you know what? Cooper Rush could ball a little bit too. You know, I, I'm, I'm about to slide Gardner Minshew down my rankings a little bit though, after throwing three picks in the backup quarterback rankings, but that, you know, that gift raft, essentially the, the, the Jaguars W, you know, turnovers. Yeah. 21 point second quarter for Jacksonville, creating some separation, you know, credit, credit do where it's deserved. Jacksonville separating as they should, as you know, the Vegas favorite and everyone's darling, you know, kudos to Jacksonville. And uh, hopefully T-Law is uh, ready to roll for, for next week. They play next week. Great. Hold on. There's a ton Thursday of buys. Night. Thursday night football. Ooh, quick turnaround. Yep. Play the Saints in New Orleans. Hostile road environment, as they say. Yeah. Right? In the dome down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Saints coming off another, you know, coming off a loss. Oh, man. The Saints just can't put it together. I mean, listen, if I told you right now Derek Carr for th- threw for over 300 yesterday, in your mind, you'd probably be saying, oh, my goodness, the Saints must have, like, teed off. They scored 13 points. Derek Carr threw 32 for 50, 353. Chris Olave, 7 for 96. Uh, Rashid Shaheed, 2 for 85. Taysom Hill, why in the world does he have seven catches for 49 yards? I don't know. Michael Thomas, 5 for 45. Alvin Kamara, 7 for 36. If I gave you those stats, you'd say, whoo, the Saints must have beat the brakes off of the Texans. Especially if I said C.J. Stroud, 13 for 27, 199. Nico, 4 for 80. Dalton Schultz, 4 for 61. Noah Brown, 2 for 37. Robert Woods, 1 for 6. If I told you that, Luge, you'd say, oh, the score must have been 28 to, I don't know, 10. No, they lost 13 to 20. Unbelievable. Uh, Plenty of production, no points to show for it. Uh, Saints should have a bad taste in them out there, three and three football team. And uh, they still got a shot at this division. They're not out of it. I don't think they're worried, but they've got a shot. They need to win this game. I can tell you that. And uh, this should be an interesting one because I don't think the Saints are bad. I just think it's growing pains. Um, this will be a tough game for the Jaguars. The defense has been playing fine. One more thing I want to revisit, and we'll start looking ahead if that's cool with you. Commanders 24, Falcons 16. Big bounce back for Washington after If, after if last the Falcons week. don't give Heineke this job, I don't know what they're doing. Luch, I'm just saying, like, you're talking about guys getting their fair shape, right? So Devin Ritter did start some games last year. He was named the starter this year. But you brought in Heineke. Now – I'm not saying Heineke is, you know, some superstar quarterback. What I am saying is we've got Desmond Ritter. For for all of Atlanta's woes where we were saying they weren't throwing the ball, Desmond Ritter threw the ball 47 times yesterday for 307 yards. Well, Well, they were behind in that game. He threw three interceptions. And not only did he throw three interceptions, Luch, they were all at the wrong time. One in the end zone when they were driving at about the score point. Like, Heineke's not going to do some of these, have some of these mistakes. Do you get what I'm saying? Um, I think Desmond Ritter's cost this team football games, some football games. Now, guess what? This is also a three and three football team. The commander is also a three and three football team. So it's like, okay, let's let's just go through the growing pains here. And I think that's what they're doing with, with Desmond Ritter. Um, I, I do think Desmond should should use his legs a little bit more. 
I think he's more Lamar Jackson than Matt Ryan. And, and clearly he's not Matt Ryan, but I think they've just got to get him some design plays out on the edge, some quarterback drop, something to get him in the game and keep him in safer down the distance situations instead of just handing it to Tyler Algier or, or Bijan. Like, let's get him involved in the run game. We don't want to tear up our quarterback, but take take some – some notes from Lamar. Take some notes from Kyler Murray. These guys don't try to take big hits. They get outside, they pick up the yards, they slide and they get out of bounds. Do that, but don't give it away. Um, but I do think I, I do think Heineke is the better quarterback here for what it's worth. I know they had a negative game script, but receivers against Washington, Drake London, 100 plus yards, 12 targets is the most important thing there. I knew yeah. they were behind, but he got a bulk of that work. So Drake London stock rising. Uh, receivers against Washington, uh, living another week in that little yeah. equation. And guess what? I don't. I don't. I think it's going to continue to go overlooked. I don't think it's anything that people are actually going to key in on because the Commanders won this game, twenty four sixteen. Shout out to them for getting Terry McLaurin involved for a change. Yes. Like six for eighty one. I can accept that if you're going to give it to him consistently. Like we should. We shouldn't have our, our actual number one guy sitting here with no volume. Come on. Yeah, apparently Terry McLaurin does not like doing dishes. <laughs> he tweets about it a lot. He doesn't like doing the dishes. I don't either, but you got to do them, Terry. Uh, that's the th- another thing, and then we'll move on. But just looking at young quarterbacks, timing is everything. Kind of like we talked about Will Levis and Malik Willis and, and, and Ryan Tannehill. Malik Willis was a John Robinson draft pick. Uh, and a lot of people who – you don't really know the situation. Said why the Titans trade AJ Brown to, and they took got the Andre Hopkins. Different general manager, different regime. You know, credit ran Cartha on for going out and getting the Andre Hopkins, and Hopkins has been great. No one can get him the damn ball. Um, he's been up. He's been fantastic this year. If they end up moving on from him, I understand. I believe he has a player option for next season. Um, he deserves him. Him and Henry deserve better. They deserve the best product in the field. And right now, it's not Ryan Tannehill. Daniel's a great leader. He just doesn't have it. Some of the rumors, uh, you know, a little bit of Twitter rumors, you know, this and that was potentially Ryan Tannehill to Atlanta move um, earlier this season. But, you know, pending Tannehill's health, that could be out the window. Plus, how much of an upgrade is he even over Devin, Desmond Ritter? I don't think he really is much of an upgrade at this point. He will take care of the ball, but is he, is he going to give you the big plays? I don't know. He is a play-action quarterback. And, and that's the problem with the NFC uh, South. That division is wide open. The football teams aren't great in that division, but Atlanta could be a division winner. But mm-hmm. I, I just I can't. I could probably the number of people in that building that probably think Desmond Ritter is the long term answer uh, is you could probably count on one hand. I mean, come on, let's be real. Like, what has he shown you by now that makes you believe this is the guy for ten years? He might be able to win you the division this year. But it just kind of feels like that situation where, well, what's the next 10 years going to look like, right? Like, where are we going to go from here? And they're not going to be bad enough to, to get into Caleb Williams sweepstakes, right? So, yeah. I mean, I look, I don't – I think Desmond Ritter – so, once again, it's kind of, it's the same situation as what I have with my Panthers. Do I think Andy Dalton is the better quarterback today? Absolutely. Without question. Andy Dalton's been around. He's a veteran. So forth and so on. Um, but I understand with the organization, like 
they've got to commit to their young quarterback and, and let him go through the growing pains. And so I don't – the only reason why I'm saying I think Desmond Ritter should maybe be behind Heineke right now is because Atlanta seems to be in a win-now scenario. And maybe I'm misinterpreting their stance on winning. I don't think the Panthers are in win-now mode, so I'm perfectly fine with you running Bryce Young out there every week and hoping he has tangible improvements week to week to week. When I look at the Falcons, I feel like, based on their team structure, they want to win now. And if you want to win now, I don't think Desmond Ritter gives you the best chance. And that's my and so that's where I, maybe you call it gray area, but that's my fine line. Is the team in win now mode? No. Okay, young quarterback should be playing. No need to be running out veterans when when we're not in win now mode. I, if the owners are going to give you time to develop, take the time, put the quarterback out there right now, so so he doesn't have to come in in year three and be at a year one level in terms of seeing the game, experiencing the game, taking the hits, reading the defenses. He needs the experience. If you're if you're in win now mode, always go with your best option. And I think the Falcons' best option is, is Heineke at this point. But that's another situation where if you go with Heineke, you cannot go back to Desmond Ritter, though. So unless he gets hurt, right? Yeah, right. Unless he gets hurt, right? And and just you know the Tannehill thing. Who knows? I mean, maybe. He will get healthier over the bye week and maybe maybe we'll see some more injuries and maybe the phone will ring and then you have a, another big decision to make. And, you know, Tannehill contracts up. I mean, the offer won't be too serious in terms of draft capital. I, I would kind of be surprised if Tannehill wasn't moved. And if he didn't get hurt, Mike Vrabel and company probably would have stuck with him a little bit longer. And at this point, like, there's really no downside to seeing what you have with Will Levis. You look at you look at Washington. Stanton Howell is starting to show us a little bit, a little bit. Like, you know, wasn't wasn't a top 10 pick, but he has progressed. And you, you see some raw things that he does. Like, there's some things, but, you you know, he has mobility. He's got a good arm. But once uh, again, who, who else is on that roster, see? Because Heineke's gone. You see right. what I'm saying? Right. It's like. I get it. You do, what you, you do what you have to do, you know? And he was on the roster last year, too. So. I get it. I felt like he was there forever. <laughs> Looking ahead at this week, I mean, the NFC South has a big divisional game right there. Tampa Bay and Atlanta. That's a big game in that division. Huge. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Bucks at home. Baker Mayfield also got came out of that game nicked up, I think, with the shoulder or something. So it, it, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, I'm going to go – I'm going to go ahead and give you my game of the week. And it's it's not the obvious game because I do think the obvious game is Chargers Chiefs for what it's worth. I feel like that's the that's the obvious game. This game is satellite, so it's not on the main slate. But I do want to talk about it. I will be on that showdown show. But I want to see how the Eagles respond after this week losing with probably the most explosive offense in football coming to town. Like to me. This is going to tell me who the Eagles are this week. Like last week, okay, last week they saw a really good defense mostly. This week they're going to see a really good offense. And so, you know, look, we saw the Dolphins go down 14-0 yesterday to the Panthers, and they didn't blink. You looked, and it was like 30-14, to just like that. Boom, 21-14, excuse me, just like that. 
And so I think they scored in a minute 40 seconds after it was 14 to 7. Big play to Tyreek touchdown, we're out. Like, you know what I'm saying? So how do the Eagles respond this week when they will absolutely have to lean on their offense? Their defense, I don't think, I'm saying I don't think, because it's a week-to-week league, developers could come out and look like trash. I get it. But I don't expect them to not score this week. Um, how do the Eagles handle the offensive pressure of knowing that Jalen Hurts has to go out here and score points this week? Like, there's no option to not score. We have to score points. How, how, how do you think they handle that? That's my game of the week from a real-life perspective. Once again, we'll be involved in that showdown. So that's what I'm I'm salivating to talk about on next Sunday. But th- this should be th- this is a big game. This is a big game. They they should have an opportunity to get that ground game going and get Hurts in more comfortable situations to use play action. Uh, Miami you know, Miami's issue will be the defensive side of the ball. No doubt, the yeah. offense is high powered and could and should go toe to toe with every other offense in the league. Uh, Will the Eagles' defensive line show up? I mean, because then, you know, who? I think the trenches are going to dictate who's more or less comfortable to to run some of this design stuff that they want to run on both sides. We know Miami likes to you know, do some exotic stuff offensively and a lot of motion. You know, I, who knows how hurt Jalen Carter was for Philly? Who knows how hurt Darius Slay was? Um, if they didn't turn the ball over, they would have beaten the Jets. Uh, and that was a game where they thought, well, we see who's coming into town uh, next week is Miami, right? Like, we want Darius Slay for that game. We need Darius Slay for that game, no doubt. So could he have played against the Jets? Maybe. But no doubt. Um, they almost played it, you know, the, the game the right way. But uh, yeah. at least it's a non-conference game. I get it. It's huge. But – uh, non-conference game, still huge. I, I Yeah, we're going to find out a lot more about both teams. We'll keep uncovering some truths. Uh, and I, I'm expecting some points in that one, too. I, yeah. I'm with you on that one. Yep, for sure. Um, next up, who, who's your who's kind of your game of the week, Luch? I mean, that's why, like I said, I know that's off the main slate. Uh, you know, I do have one for the main slate. This is an interesting week, honestly. Uh, for games because outside of one one game on the main slate, I don't see any game that's incredibly explosive. Yeah. See? So that's that's this is going to be this is the money week. You want to earn your spot in the, in the DFS industry. This is your money week. How do we differentiate this week to take down mm-hmm. GPPs? Because I mean, it's it's nothing's going to really jump this week per se, at least not at first glance until you start digging it. And it's a really busy bye week. A lot of teams on buys. You yeah. look at the Chargers and the Chiefs. You know, you're going to get a lot of man coverage, a lot of, a lot of passing, most likely. Um, it should be an exciting game. Mm-hmm. I, for fan for DFS purposes, I'm interested in this Detroit Baltimore game. I think. I mean, Tennessee and Baltimore both moved the ball in that London game. Tennessee moved the ball. They kicked field goals again. Second straight week, they kicked field goals. They were in the red zone. But, 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 Luch, what I will say, once again, they lost this game 24 to 16. And mm-hmm. say what you want. 
They, you, you keep taking points until you get the touchdowns. You, you got a shot. Like, they didn't lose as bad as the score looks. Trust me. I, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you got you got to at least get something out of the deal, and I think they did that. Kudos to Derrick Henry. Got a nice big touchdown running that game as well. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think for Tennessee this week, uh, not, not excuse me, not just, I'm saying for Baltimore this week, Baltimore kicked six field goals. They yep. that's how they won this game. Yep, they, they moved Luke, the ball. They too. kicked six field goals. Oh, I, I, I trust me, I know. I mean, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like they just Harbaugh said, "Hey, let's just keep taking them, keep taking them, keep taking them, keep it." You would think you would think they scored three touchdowns and a field goal. No, they they kicked six field goals in this game. That's how they won the game. Um, so is this game going to be a little sneaky? For DFS, because I like it for DFS. I, I think that ball's going to be moving. Yeah, yeah, Jared the, the Goff Lions showed us. Yeah, yeah, sneaky game for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, just from a first glance, that's probably now, one of my favorites. Now here's here's the next one because here's where I think the, the masses are going to load up outside of a game stack. Got to be Bills offense on the Patriots' heads right now. I mean, gosh, Josh Allen, Stephon, they, they, this combo should just thrash. The, the New England Patriots this week, right? Like that, you know, in terms of overall production from like a, a two-piece, that's got to be the, the the handcuff of the week, I think. Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, um, the Patriots defense is, oof, it, it's bad. There, there's a lot of interesting spot now that I'm looking through it more. I, Seattle, Arizona could be points. Yeah. Right? I, I don't hate that game. I just here's how I feel about that game though. If Pete Carroll get sniffs any blood in the water, he can dial up that running game. It's just gonna kill the game script. It, it's it's gonna destroy the game. Like this is one of those games where I'm probably gonna be more props than DFS. And here's what I more pick them than DFS than, than uh, salary cap. And here's what I mean by that. Please, please, please give me Kenneth Walker anywhere in the 15 and a half, the 16 and a half rushing attempts category for this game. I'm just going to hammer the over. Like, th- this is one of those vintage Pete Carroll, hand it off 30 times, throw it 25 times, let's get home with a win type game. Not saying they're going to win. I'm saying I feel like that might be his approach this week. Another thicker shock spot is we're, we're almost at 10K Cooper Cup territory, but this guy came back, didn't miss a beat, alpha, peppered with targets, ton of production, uh, a game that probably won't get a ton of attention to stack, but Cooper Cup against Pittsburgh this week, and the Steelers, you know, aren't fantastic on the outside. I at home, Rams are at home. I, I think Cooper Cup's in another spot. You know, where that price tag is certainly getting up there. But you know, where does he fall in the projected ownership category? I, I don't know. But boy, I, I think Cup is going to continue to ball out like he never missed a beat this week. Yeah, for sure. I, I can see that coming down the pipeline for sure. And I guess Justin Fields' status is going to be critical because the Bears and the Raiders, two teams that aren't great. Yeah, but and they might not have either starting quarterback. Yeah, how about that? So that, that kind of right. puts a damper on, you know, DJ Moore, Devontae yeah. Adams. Jacoby Myers didn't have a single catch in the second half, had five in the first half for about 60-something yards and a touchdown. Devontae Adams not getting targeted in the offense. It's just – I don't know what's going on over there in, in Oakland, but Devontae Adams has got to be frustrated. I mean, 
He he got one target in the first half, Luch. One. That's insane. What in the world? Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know, man. Uh, one thing for sure is Josh Jacobs, bell cow territory again. Didn't yeah. have any you know fantastic numbers, but he had over 20 carries for the second straight week. So uh, that, you know, just from a volume standpoint, Josh Jacobs you know, in play every week. Yeah. Uh, you know, good to see Saquon Barkley back. And speaking of bell cow, he had 24 carries last week, right? I mean, that's coming coming back. New York's like, we're getting our money's worth out hey, of you, buddy. We paid you. Say what you want. The Giants look better with uh, with Tyrod at quarterback. Now, the game plan was more simplified. Mind you, having Saquon helped, but Tyrod didn't take a lot of risk last night, right? Had a couple, a couple of timely throws to Slayton down the sideline. And see, here's the thing, Luke. Watch, see how they protected him? Tyrod, we're gonna, we're gonna. I'm sure they worked in some of these plays down the sideline, outside where, where, if, where if the receiver doesn't catch it, it's not an interception. Why don't we do this with Daniel Jones? Like we can protect the quarterback some, right? And, and, and once again, Saquon was back, so it, it certainly helped. But Saquon didn't do anything in the first half. I think he had ten carries for twenty yards. Like he didn't do anything. So he had a couple big runs at the end with some with some trap plays. Which which really helped his his yardage totals, but Saquon didn't do much in this game. You know, just from looking at a, a quick glance at spreads and totals, I'm looking at that Detroit Baltimore game. Opened at 45, now it's 42, and I like that over. Now that it's down a couple of points, uh, like I said, you know, you can move the ball in Baltimore, and they're going to move the ball in their own right. Baltimore has been very good in the red zone offensively. They've been like historically elite defensively. And I just don't think it's sustainable. I I don't. So uh, no doubt the the defense is pretty good, but I don't think it's an elite defense. So I I like the over 42 in that Detroit Baltimore game. I'm going to have to do a little more homework and maybe write that one up for scores and odds. Anything catching your attention from a spreads and totals standpoint to uh, kick off the week? A Buffalo nine-point favorite over New England. Divisional game, funny things happen between those teams. I'm probably not going to go there. Uh, And, wow, the Giants and Commanders, one-and-a-half points. Giants are one-and-a-half point home dogs right now. Interesting. uh, That's an interesting matchup. With the one-and-five Giants and three-and-three Commanders. Huh. Hmm. What what would a loss like? What would a loss do for the Commanders? I mean, they're they're going to play to be in that wild that that hunt, right? Like a wild card hunt. I, you know, the Giants, yeah. the, the well, Giants with a loss would be one in six. Is that I, right? So here's what I will say: I definitely think the Falcons need to win more than the Commanders. Hear what I'm saying? I'm not saying the Commanders need to win. But I think the Falcons have a more likely shot to win a division than the, than the Commanders do. I still don't think the Commanders are, are better than the Cowboys or or the Eagles. And so I think it's more important for the Falcons to keep winning because they could very well sneak it in and, and win their division. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that makes total sense. Uh yeah, g- give me give me one more that you're looking at before we uh start closing up and getting out of here. 
Uh, let's see here. Hmm. 52 and a half in the Eagles Dolphins game. That's probably a good line. Don't know if I, I know it's early, but a lot of the money's on Philly minus two and a half. Uh, it's very early in the week, but we uh, scores not as 85% of the money and, uh, and about an even split number of bets. So, so right now the money is in on Philly. Let, let me yeah. say this. I, as crazy as this sounds, I think, I think I actually take the bills at minus nine here. I think they can win by more than a touchdown and a field goal. Like the like, yes, the Patriots. You know, they scored a little bit on the the, the Raiders yesterday, but the Bills are still a much tougher defense, um, and the Bills are absolutely more explosive um, than the than, than the uh, than the Raiders right now. I, I think I like the Bills, and I usually don't take favorites that high on the road. But I, I think this is a good spot here. I'm, I'm expecting the Bills, especially after this ugly-looking game against the Giants. Like, I, I think they come out ready to go here. They're they're a week back now from being out of, out of the country, a whole extra week to settle in, get more prepared. I think they roll here. Yeah, I, I like that. Man, I hope we can get this thing down to eight and a half. Wouldn't that be nice? It opened at eight and a half, so I don't know. Ah, I don't know gotcha. if we're going to see it. So. Uh, We'll see. I wouldn't be shocked if that thing's 10 and a half by next weekend. So if you're thinking Buffalo jump on it early, hit me with a story time, Chief. Well, once again, you know, I said story time is going to be kind of about uh, the wedding. And so uh, my beautiful fiance, I think she picked up her veil over the weekend and she was excited about that. We've been incredibly, uh, incredibly busy. And uh, trying to make sure everything is is on track for that, and so um, I think this week we've kind of got most of our most of our people to submit their uh, menu choice for 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 what we're going to have. Wait, so let's talk about that. Um, we're going to have a uh, Charleston crab cakes. That's one option for those of you that like crab cakes. That's one option. Uh, with some mashed potatoes and like a corn sucker attached. And then another option is uh, we're going to have what they call a bone-in airline chicken with garlic, uh, garlic, uh, roasted garlic potatoes, uh, and so forth and so on. So that, those are like our two options. Of course, they'll have sweet tea or water or whatever you want to drink. But um, hopefully it ends up being pretty good. We almost went with the lemon herb chicken. Uh, but we decided to go a little bit more traditional, so it, you know, didn't more people would be probably more into more traditional chicken than than lemon herb. But I guess that's kind of story time, man. A little GPP food of the day, Chiefs wedding food, if you will. Yeah, how was the the taste testing going on? How how was everything? Yeah, it was good. It was good. Cake's good. Food's good. I mean, no complaints here. No complaints here. Awesome stuff, buddy. Uh, let, let's wrap it up. Another week in the books, food for thought. Thanks for sticking with us. Of course, if you're new to the show, you get a little bit of DFS and a little bit of betting, but on a Monday, we're just here to break down some stuff we saw since there's not a ton of analysis out there just yet. 
a little bit of barbershop talk here, whatever you want to call it. Thanks for sticking with us. Tune yeah. in next week. Like and subscribe to Grinders YouTube channel for the Chief Bull Priester. I'm the Looch. Good luck, everybody.